Hello, I'm Paul Kitkat. And I'm Chalice Croke. This is the next podcast in our series, 168 Things We've Learned About Creative Marketing and We Think You'll Find Useful to Know. We're recording these in our home studios, so we are socially distant, but mentally present. Uh, please excuse any stray noises you might hear, given the setup that we're using, or any oddness in the sound quality. Okay, enjoy the podcast. All right, hello Chalice. Hi Paul, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very well too. It's another beautiful morning, but windy today. Yes, much windier, but there's some nice sunshine out there, so yep. we're in for a great weekend, hopefully. Yes. The subject for today is Be One Upon Whom Nothing Is Lost. Great. Can you tell us why you arrived at that podcast title? I can. Um, it's actually a quote from Henry James, who was an author, um, and he wrote a number of books, none of which I would say are a good model for a copywriter because they tend to have inc- incredibly long sentences, and um, they, they're big fat books. I'm not a huge admirer of his work, actually, but this quotation, I think, is really on the money. And the reason I think that is because whenever I'm asked what makes uh, a good creative thinker, and obviously I'm thinking here about people who, who work in creative departments, but if you're in, a, in the creative marketing business, it actually applies to everyone, not just the people who are formally charged with having to come up with ideas. I think all of us have to come up with ideas. Uh, so people will say, how do you do that? And I would say, well, one way is to make sure that you've got a head full of stuff. And the, and the way to get a head full of stuff is to be one upon whom nothing is lost. Meaning, pay attention, get out in the world, and have experience. So this isn't just for creatives, this is for everybody in the creative business, is that right? Yes. I mean, it's super important for creatives. Mm. But I think if anyone needs to, you know, we're... In the creative marketing business, we're constantly given challenges. And one of the things that clients want is fresh and original ideas. Mm. Well, where do they come from? Mm. And I would further say that most people, a lot of people now experience the world at second hand because they they do it through the screen of a computer or even more often through a phone. Mm. Um, You know, if you... an amazing thing, if you stop in the street in London to cross the road, uh, this is in the days before lockdown, but it'll come back. I remember standing at a crossing, a Pelican crossing, and looking to my right, and about 20 people waiting for the light to go green. Every single one of them was looking at their phone. Everyone. Yeah. Every little minute, every second that can be filmed, that's like downtime, you look at the phone. Mm. I think that's a potentially a disaster. Now, I, the phone is amazing. It's an amazing thing to have in your pocket, a library of every book in the world, all the music, all the pictures, everything. It's all there. Mm. Never mind all the social stuff. But when you're in the world, be in the world. Look around you. Look up. Look at what's around you. It's, there's incredible stuff there. And it's not the same to experience it at second hand through a screen as it is to, to, to experience it physically and directly and perhaps what we've learnt in lockdown is that the virtual world is not a substitute for the physical world. We need the physical world. We need to be out among things. Mm. Okay. 
So we need to feel what's going on around us, see and experience what's going on around us. We do. Can you give me an example of where that has helped you? I can. Um, I worked at one time on the RSPCA account and I went out with an RSPCA inspector and they have about 400 plus inspectors who go around the you know they're based in various parts of the country and they go and do various things connected with animals anyway I went out with this guy in his Land Rover as it happened and spent the day with him and one of the things that we did we went we we were in Devon we went to a park where we had been told there was a cat up a tree classic problem right cat rescue mission uh exactly we went in there and there was a in the corner of this park there was a kind of heap of cardboard boxes and it was gently moving and we were looking at the the cat and we could hear some noises coming from this part of boxes and then eventually this man emerged and we heard a little a female voice as well and it's pretty obvious (laughs) yeah i see (laughs) something had been going on in that part of boxes that we would rather not witness anyway he came out he was you know dressed in fairly shabby clothes and long hair and everything else you know homeless vagrant character and he came he he came over kind of hitching up his trousers and had a look at what we were doing and he said isn't it amazing there's all these people standing around they're all worried about getting this cat out of the tree and nobody gives a shit about me and and the missus in this box nobody cares about that and the inspector said well we are the RSPCA there are other people who are interested in helping people who are homeless and what have you but our job is the cat and he kind of watched us doing this for a while and said, oh, I bet you're going to get the fire brigade in a minute. They should be out putting out fires, not rescuing cats. And the inspector said, again, you know, we're here to get this cat down, OK? And then the guy said, well, I bet you won't. And then, you know, when you've all gone, I'll get it down. I'll have it in my pot tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Thank you very what much. What time of day was this? It was like the middle of the morning. Oh, was it? And did you climb the tree? I didn't personally, but we did. The cat came down. I can't remember right. how we got it down, but it came down. It was carried off and that was fine. Right. Then we got back in the... Um, uh, the Land Rover and the inspector said to me, look, people sign up to be RSPC inspectors and they, they, want, to, they, tell us they want to do the job because they love animals and animals aren't the problem. As you've just seen, the difficult part is dealing with the people around it. And then he gave me a couple of instances of, there's a guy who was causing a, a massive problem with seagulls by throwing food out of his car on the same stretch of road every morning. Right. And the inspector lay in wait and stopped him and said, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And the guy said, my wife makes me a sandwich for work every day and she has done for years. <laughs> and they're, they're terrible sandwiches and I don't want to hurt her feelings, but I chuck them out the window here. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have a dog, so he gave no, it to the seagulls. <laughs> exactly. And he said, so I, you know, I said to him, could you please not do that? Can you dispose of it? You know? and, and then he said another time I was called to a house where there's some problem going on and the door was answered by a six foot six man wearing a tutu. A ballerina's tutu. And he said, what made it worse was I recognised him as a policeman that I'd had dealings with and I had to deal with him and this dog that he'd got in there. And Anyway, I thought, this is great. And so, busy day out, right? I see. So the people clearly can um, be an issue. Well, yeah, but so so I didn't, you know, I hadn't, all I was doing was getting immersed in their world. And then about a month, no, two months later, I got a brief to do a job which was all about the cruelty statistics. As we needed a campaign talking about how many people had been abusing animals and what the RSPCA had done about them. And that I hadn't thought about that day out with the inspector, but it popped right back into my head. And it, what he'd said popped in, and the headline came to me, which is, 
you should see some of the animals we have to deal with. And then when you opened it up, it was a picture of a person who had been convicted actually for killing six puppies with a hammer. Mm. So he mm. was Powerful. the Right, the so animal. he was the animal. Um, and it won a number of awards, and but more importantly, it raised a huge amount of money. And actually, versions of it were used for the next six or seven years. This campaign was phenomenally successful. Mm. So I'd gone out and had an experience without a particular view in mind, but it had then turned into a great idea. Mm. That's really interesting. I remember um, introducing something called Cash for Culture, Yes. an agency, yes. and uh, you may have been at that agency. I may have. You may have, and we did this because we wanted to encourage people to um, go out and experience culture, and mm. we recognised that there was often a price tag associated with it, mm. and we wanted to encourage people to go out and gather um, ideas. Yes. So I understand firsthand why it's important to go out and immerse yourself in culture. And often we um, relate to culture in the creative world as going to galleries mm. or going to music mm. venues. But I think what you're saying is be a lot more um, broad thinking Absolutely. Than, than just the obvious channels that you can go to as a creative. Is that right? That is exactly right. I mean, you're right. We had... At that agency, we offered people, we, we paid for their membership of, a, of uh, the Tate, for example, mm. which is quite near us. And we did that because we wanted people to have another place to go and work and also to go and experience art. But mm. you're right, that's a really obvious thing for a creative to do. Yeah. And your initiative pushed them out beyond that because we were saying, no, go, we're in London. There are a lot of things going on in London. Go and experience them and play, you know, we will pay up to yeah. a point I mean obviously yeah. it's not an open open chat but we felt that I think your insight was we will pay for people to have formal training and that's important mm. but you're you were picking up on this idea yes you need to go out and have broader experience than that and the example that came to mind when you were just talking there was I remember one of the uh, uh, art directors said she wanted us to pay for her to go to a boxing match mm. And there was a bit of a kerfuffle about that. <laughs> um, one of my colleagues said, no, that's not culture. Mm. And I said, it is. Mm. And he said, no, I, you know, I was thinking more about the, fu- the high arts. Mm. And I said, look, the, you know, the definition of culture, and I could have quoted T.S. Eliot here, who had a very broad definition of culture, but that would have been Ponzi. What I just said was, culture is everything, everything that goes on, mm. the whole of it, you know, all the things around us. And I don't know anything about the culture of boxing, but I do know there's a whole world of stuff there, gyms and matches and people and everything. And it's important. It's an important part, particularly of culture in the East End of London, but also in other countries in the world, I think, you know, in America and everywhere else too. It's huge. So, yes, she's never been to a boxing match. What a great thing for her to do. And I I don't think he said to me, and do you think this will lead to an idea or a creative concept? Because... I would have to say, I don't know. It might. Mm. She might pick up something there that down the line will turn into a brilliant campaign. Mm. Or it might just give her a broader view of the world, and that would be good too. Mm. So uh, uh, the upshot of it, I think, was that we paid for that. Mm. So, Great. Yes. Yeah, I think it's obvious to go and um, 
browse the tape and go to the various galleries, but what you're saying here is be broad thinking, fill your mm. head with stuff, right? It is, and I, I often wonder whether, you know, people talk about curation in social media, and it's great that people will, will throw up ideas and share them. I, I love that. But but it can't be the only way that you experience the world because you're that's always someone else's line of interest. What's really interesting is to go much wider than that and not just through the screen, but in reality. I'm, I'm making the same point more than once, I think. So I think the... But the summary of this would be you need to have the mind set that says I am going to absorb lots of experience and think about it I'm going to be one upon whom nothing is lost mm. and your point is an agency or an organization can actually make that part of the formal way that they do business they can make it a practice yeah in the business absolutely and really encourage people to go and um, open their mind to feed their soul because ideas often come from within they do to feed their soul i love that i think that's great so yeah. feed your soul feed absolutely. your head feed your soul absolutely yeah so we will have another podcast um coming up soon where we elaborate on culture yes but yes. this podcast is all about be one upon whom nothing is lost fabulous and what are the key takeouts then paul um that you should you go out into the physical world and experience it. You have an open mind to experience. You let it. You share it with other people, but they also have to go and find out for themselves what's going on. Mm-hmm. And you, as an organisation, if you're a leader or if you're just anyone in an organisation, you should encourage the organisation to enable that to happen in the way that we did there or that you did with Cash for Culture. Mm-hmm. A, a similar initiative is a great great it's probably the best return on training budget i've ever seen you know because people the formal training the tra- training courses that you go to can be great but a lot of them aren't mm-hmm. but getting people out into the world to broaden their minds and f- feed their souls is yeah that's solid gold good well, thank you for those insights. Paul. Well, thank you for yours as well. And yes, thank you for doing that in that agency. It was such a great thing. Good. Thank you too. Right, well, um, that's all for now. Have a good day and we'll see you soon. Yes, we will. Bye for Bye. now. Bye. 168 Things We've Learned About Creative Marketing and We Think You'll Find Useful to Know is a series of podcasts created by Paul Kitkat and Chalice Krogh. Production was by William Kitkat, who also wrote the theme music. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe. See you soon. Bye.